Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week we'll be discussing the Super Mario Brothers movie, Mafia Mama, and Renfield. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer Craig Stanton. Gentlemen, hello. Yellow. Bill. My bones hurt. <laughs> yeah, you're in a bad way over there, AJ. Yeah, well, uh, this past weekend, uh, we had uh, Craig Stanton's bachelor party. Craig. Wow. wow, wow, wow. How was it? How did we do? How was a party we threw for you? Oh, boy. I think we did great. I think we all did great. I had a really great time. Uh, I think you had dubbed it the hometown throwdown. I think I that was an appropriate appropriate name. We did not leave uh, hardly the city of Boston. Certainly not the great state of Massachusetts. Uh, no, it was a great time. I had a blast. Somehow I think I'm in better shape than you, but I think that has to more to do with uh, little toddler germs than it does with hangovers. Yeah, I have like toddler germs plus just... I can't hang anymore. I mean, that was fucking brutal, dude. I mean, there's yeah, you pe- rough people rolling out of AJ, Ubers to puke. I, I, if anybody lives in Union Square by Union Square Donuts <laughs> and has like ring cameras or like a Tesla that has the cameras on the side, I painted that fucking street at like 830 in the morning with just neon green vomit from a Gatorade that I pounded. And if anyone has that footage or can get it for uh, me, I think it would be quite the show yeah downright sloppy showing from a lot of us (laughs) i i feel right as rain i was fresh as a daisy fuck yourself yeah Yeah, you fucking you fucking dick uh and i won bowling so you know all in all one star athlete star athlete just great guy all around bill george 10 out of 10 yeah that's good it's good speaking of athletes the masters occurred AJ, your favorite event. How, how, how'd it go? John Rahm is the, your 2023 Masters champion. A tradition like no other. No other. Did it live up to uh, your expectations? Yeah, hype? I mean, I fucking bet this that last week and I took a fucking bath. It was bad. It was goddamn bad. John Rahm lived up to my expectation of him of looking like a guy that works at a gas station. He's got a dump truck on him. That guy's ass is massive. This is the first time I've ever seen him. I'd heard the name of a zillion times on like sports podcasts and stuff, but yeah. I never actually watched golf. But I sat down and watched the Masters, and there he was. He's built like a pelican case. Rom landscaping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's built yeah. like a pelican case. I can see that. He's got a very short backswing because he was born with a club foot. Is that true? Spoiler. Yeah, it's 100% true. So he had to learn to swing with a, a different stance because he couldn't pivot. So, yeah. Fascinating. He's your master champion. Uh, I haven't touched haven't touched DraftKings since. Um, and, yeah. And that was Golf Talk. And anything else uh, you watched recently? I did. The other night, I watched the M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. Okay, yep. Uh, should I go see it? We reviewed it on this year's program. Sure did. I enjoyed it. The thing is, though, it like gets really good, and then it kind of gets bad really quick. And it's not like unforgiving bad, yeah. but there's like a tonal weird shift change that just seems unfitting for that movie. 
Yeah, I think I mentioned in, in my review here that it's more about the journey than the destination. The, the way the movie keeps you engaged throughout is really strong. And then, yeah, the ending itself kind of fell flat. But uh, still, still, I think it's worth watching. Yeah, I mean, Dave Bautista is a fucking animal in that movie. Uh, He's fantastic. Physically he do and emotionally. Uh, it was great. It was a great concept. Um, but yeah, the end was just... Scrap it. Redo it. Give me like a director's cut. Yeah, tough. Was it was it adequately Shyamalanian, the ending? No. It could have been so much more Shyamalanian if he just leaned into the Shyamalan. Uh, I see. But he anti-Shyamalan'd it even though you're waiting for the Shyamalan rug pull. It was this whole he Shyamalan, she Shyamalan cut. That's the issue. I mean, he's, he's, he's caught. He's painted himself into a corner because it's like... If he does a, a quote unquote twist, you're gonna be you're gonna roll your eyes and say, "Wow, Shyamalan." If he doesn't do a, a twist, then you're gonna say, "What the fuck?" So like, he can't win now. His twist, his twist was not doing the twist, which feels like anticlimax. That's what happened. That's not fair. It's he, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, it looks like in the show notes you have a correction to issue, and it's not to Ryan Davis, who we normally have to do <laughs> corrections to. So. Oh, I actually ended up axing that from the notes, but now that you brought it up, I'll still bring it up. Uh, I had a correct, I had a correction for myself in the I when I listened back to the last episode, I was talking about Star Wars, and I had mentioned a fight between Anakin and Darth Vader was the phrase that I used. In retrospect, Anakin is Darth Vader. I meant to say Anakin and Obi Wan is Darth Vader. That being yeah. said, mm-hmm. if you want to think about like yeah, yeah okay emotionally no. and psychologically no. Anakin and Darth Vader do sort of fight in that no. internal struggle. No. So I, I didn't necessarily need to correct it, but I meant it to be Anakin <laughs> and Obi-Wan. All right. F- fine. Bill. Fine. Fine. What, what have you, what have you been watching? So I recently did a rewatch of the full season one of true detective. Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, HBO, amazing show. I watched it when it aired live, and then I have not seen it since. And for whatever reason, on my Instagram algorithm or whatever, I kept getting little clips from it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down and watch it again and like really watch it. And my goodness, what a masterpiece that is. If you have not seen that first season of True Detective, I mean, you're just missing out on the best life has to offer. That's Wait, so this is your first time watching since... Since it originally aired. It aired? Wow, dude. I've, I think I've rewatched it. There was one, there was a couple of years stretch where I was, I was watching it every winter uh, to be really depressed. Really? <laughs> just to lean into the seasonal depression? Oh, just like fucking just pile it just, on. Like, like he wants to kill himself. I want to kill myself. <laughs> like, like you just want to go outside and smoke a million cigarettes when you're watching him. It, it's, it's one of the best seasons of television there will ever be in the world. Yeah, it. It just it works so perfectly. The the connection between all the episodes, the writing, the callouts, the acting, it doesn't get much better for TV. It does not get better. And I just I can't reiterate enough for anybody who may have missed it. I don't know how you would have. I feel like it was huge when it came out, but just in case anyone missed it, uh, True Detective season one is is a must watch. Uh, episode uh, season two is booty. Season three is. Better than it's two, okay. but not as good as one. And then soon we'll have um, Jodie Foster starring, uh, starring in season four, Two Detective Night. 
Knight County, which we'll talk about in our news section, actually, as well. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, anything else, uh, Bill, before we move on to that uh, in the news? Uh, I think we have some some local news. Uh, Craig, Whoa. that is tangentially movie-related. Uh, what's new with you, Craig? Local news beyond uh, what street signs AJ has vomited on recently. Um yeah, exactly. Yep. So, uh, as you, as as our listeners may know, my name is Craig. I play in a band. That band's called Rebuilder. We were recently in a movie. Our song was, anyways. That movie was called Clerks Three, uh, directed and written by a fellow by the name of Kevin Smith, who, uh, in celebration <laughs> of all things Clerks and uh, the movies that he's made over the years is doing a cruise next year. It's like a themed cruise. This is a thing uh, that happens sometimes. Um, So there's going to be a Clerks-themed cruise, and it's like next winter, February of 2024, and your boys are getting on that boat, baby, and we're going to play some songs to the people. (laughs) What kind of people? Weirdos, mostly, would be my guess. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) You... You... uh... You're going to go on quite possibly the smelliest cruise that's ever uh, been in the in the Caribbean and Pacific uh, Caribbean Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And I just I like thinking about that audience because of how it's a subset of a subset of a subset. It's people that like Kevin Smith movies, really like the Clerks movies, love Clerks 3 and then love it enough to go on a cruise (laughs) based on it. Like it's going to (laughs) be. gonna be yeah it's gonna be quite a quite experience i can't wait to hear about it yeah i think they're calling it the clerk's cruise because that's the most recent property that has like happened and they're gonna do i think a, a live table read of of clerks three on the boat but i think it's really more of like a kevin smith cruise like he's yeah, doing sure. all his podcasts they're gonna do live tapings and stuff like that but so uh yeah take that for what you will yeah, gotcha. People of a certain generation, it means a lot to them. It's not exactly yeah, my no thing, but I'm happy to hop aboard. You're just gonna like do your set and then play baccarat and sit by the pool. Like what? I mean, I don't, I don't see you joining in in the festivities. I don't know, man. I mean, it's a regular Norwegian cruise with you know, but like the events that are happening instead of like you know uh, someone doing Sinatra covers out on the out on the deck it's going to be you know <laughs> Kevin Smith doing a podcast or whatever wild dude. nice i can't wait to hear about it it's going to be crazy we'll report back we'll report back bill uh want to move on to in the news what is in the news aj max will officially be the name of the updated hbo max streaming service after the warner brothers discovery merger there have been there have also been a number of projects announced for the service coming down the road. Bill, take us through what to expect and what you're most excited about. Uh, let's start with the big one. Max, in the announcement of not only Max itself and the rebranding, they listed a bunch of new things coming out. The uh, long-threatened, if you will, uh, Harry Potter television series is coming with uh, J.K. Rowling on board as an executive producer. So this is already being billed as a decade-long series where uh, it will cover one book per season. So I am not excited about this in any way. I'm pretty... I am really fucking excited about that. So I yield my time to you, AJ. What You're you're amped for it? Well, okay. You kind of just dry... You just kind of drag at it right into Harry Potter. Let's back up. Let's talk about the name first. Max. How do you drop... 
HBO is synonymous with premium programming. How do you just delete that from 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 the marketing and the branding and just pick a name, just say Max? It could just be like Dan or Beth at that point. Max just reminds me of the weird kid down the street that when I grew up with, who was just like would like he had like a pet snake and would like. That's all I can think about. I, I mean, I'm guessing they're pulling it from the end of the word Cinemax, which is also part of this, uh, which has always been part of this process. But yeah, it is it is a head scratcher that they would just go with Max, which is also a basically unsearchable, ungoogleable uh, name if you're trying to like find a particular thing on there. It's like, oh, what what sh- what channel is uh, Game of Thrones on? Oh, you just got to tune into Max. And it's like, what? What did you just say to me? Okay, yeah, excuse me. So, yeah. name's awful. Second thing, I've read. I concur. I've read all the books. I loved them when I was in grade school. I'm really excited to see what happens. We've seen a million reboots, and like, what's 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 a harm in this? Yeah, there's no there's no harm. I mean, if it brings people joy, great. I just, you, you know me, I'm not a I'm not a Harry Potter fan. It's not. It doesn't do it for me. Um, never has. I think I was, a, you know, I'm a little older than you. I think I was a little too old for it. I still remember in middle school, the library, there was like a table and a stack of like a little assortment of books. And it was like the big thing at the time. And I look at it and it's, uh, it looks like a, you know, a lanky kid riding a broom and it says Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, whatever it is. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm all set. And I Walked away. That's what it was. The whole lanky kid riding a broom was like, mm, yeah, it's a cartoony kid with glasses. And I'm like, nah, it's a dumb. And now that being said, I have not thrown Harry Potter out just like out of hand. Like I, I have ended up reading all of them and seeing all of them. Okay. So what's the problem? So I am now, it's not like I'm doing it sight unseen. I've read them all. I've seen them all. I don't like them all. So, uh, so whatever, I won't, I won't be watching it, uh, but God bless. Okay. I feel like that went in a big circle. What else you got for me? Uh, there is a, another Game of Thrones spinoff official. Uh, it's called A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, colon, The Hedge Knight. It takes place a century before the main show, and it follows two unlikely heroes in an adventure through Westeros. So a hundred years before the original show, how many how many years does House of the Dragon take place before the original? I believe two hundred. So I think this is in between, but I don't know how related it is in any way. Just far enough away that so that we have like no, they don't have to pay any of the famous people to be in the show. That's how far it needs to be to keep the keep the costs yeah. down. Isn't isn't Jon Snow getting his own show as well? Isn't Jon Snow like? That's, I think that's still rumor, but I don't know that that's... Edge of the wall, edge of the night, edging. We're going to edge. I don't, think it, I don't think anything's been officially announced with the Jon okay. Snow thing. It's just constantly Hard in pass. the works. What else you got? Uh, a spinoff of the Big Bang Theory. Called? No, the, no, no, no title. Just says that they're also developing a spinoff. Like, hope the asteroid hits me? Yeah, please. Um, a new drama series in the Conjuring universe. No information uh, on that one yet. Uh, Tony Collette? No, with Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Vera Farmiga, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Mm. So a new series in that universe. Don't know Is what that's going to be about. Don't know. Mm. Doubtful. Okay. And then a couple things that were already announced, but will be making their debut on Max. Uh, True Detective Season 4, uh, or Night Country, I think I said County, Night Country. Yep. Uh, the 
The Gremlins. Based off the movie? Which is like an animated prequel to Gremlins. Yeah, Secrets of Mogwai, an animated prequel. Okay. And then Colin Farrell's anticipated Penguin show, a crime series spinoff of Matt Reeves's The Batman. Tell me if I'm wrong. Did they release a trailer for that? They did. They released trailers for True Detective and Penguin, The Penguin. How does a Penguin look? Does it look like it's a Matt Reeves clone, like a copy of The Batman? Yeah, from the clips I saw. And then they, they, they titled it in the same way with The Penguin coming together just like The Batman. But like, like, why do we need, like, why do I need, like, why do I need that? Why do I need that? I mean, he was one of the best parts of that movie, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Did they? They didn't announce anything like because HBO, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Dr Pepper, Green Mountain, Craig, they own everything. <laughs> there wasn't like anything from the Food Network now. Like Ina Garden does, Ina Ina does cocaine <laughs> with her gay best friends in the garden in the back. Like nothing, like nothing fun like that. I didn't see anything about food stuff. That's I may have cut stupid. it from from for our show purposes. I don't know. This was what I had left over from the news. What I understand about this event that Max put on uh, is that it was like nominally for sort of like Wall Street types. Like, hey, there's a lot of complicated things about the merger and who's in charge and blah, blah, blah. I don't really know anything about that. And even if I did, we wouldn't get into it here. But there's a lot of like money around the, the, the various corporate mergers and properties and all that sort of stuff. And this was a way to basically say to like the money people, look at all these, you know, kind of um, properties with built-in audiences that we're going to make shows out of and basically saying, hey, look how much money we're going to make over the next 10 years. Because the real magic of HBO is not with rebooting shit, it's with original stuff. And if they, if they pitched su- su- succession at this thing, 10 years ago, <laughs> hey, we're going to make a show about a rich family who runs a news organization that's, you know, loosely based off of Rupert Murdoch or something. People would have been like, okay, fine. But that's a lot different than saying 10 years of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter you know and love, you know, direct to your TV for 12 Sundays out of the year. You know what I mean? So I feel like my, ho- my hope would be that, like, in the HBO tradition, there will continue to be a lot of good original programming that has no you know, existing provenance uh, of, of um, you know, properties that we're already familiar with. That's my hope anyways. And that these announcements were like, here are the things that are going to be, you know, blockbusters. Money makers. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. yeah. Money makers would be a better way to put it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the suits got to, you know, they got to make things, they got to make things seem profitable. They got to do their thing. Yeah. The pot, the Potter one is, is the real big announcement like that is they're the gonna make so much fucking money everyone is gonna watch that goddamn show except for me uh the cast the, well they're and they're guaranteed they're guaranteeing it for 10 years yeah. it's a 10-year investment the casting of it is gonna be the the news of the century once they start putting that cast together and i'm and jenna ortega will probably be part of it i hope that ha- that 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 what's his name? Why well, can't think of his name? Chalamet. Harry. Chalamet. Chalamet. <laughs> no, no. I want. I, I want Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Her- yeah, to play James Potter. I want to play. Have him play Harry's dad. That'd be mm, nice. Maybe. That, but that's an interesting point. Is like how how young do they start? Like who do they cast to? Like because the movies. 
happened every few years over a long period of time. The kids grew up just like the characters grew up. So I guess you got to do that again. Or if you're shooting the series a little more quickly, do you get someone who's kind of like in the middle? I don't know. Uh, what are you excited about? It seems like you just peppered me, even though I asked you the question. What am I most excited about right now? Probably True Detective, because yeah. I'm still like riding high from that season one rewatch. And I think Jodie Foster is, uh, you know, obviously an incredibly gifted actress. And I'm excited sure. to see her do television. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning True Detective for sure. As like the if I had to pick something out of this list, that would be it. And then I guess Penguin would be next. I don't know. I'm not really interested in most of the rest of it. Did they talk about it? Did they do any sort of uh, how the James Gunn universe is going to fit within HBO Max or Max? I didn't see anything about DC okay. in there. Interesting. I'm guessing that they're. it's too early to, to promise anything on that one. All right. But yeah, that is the big news. We're going Max, baby. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about three films. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Mafia, Mama, and Renfield. So, Bill, according to IMDb.com, the Super Mario Brothers movie is a story of how the Super Mario Brothers had their journey through the Mushroom Kingdom. This is the worst fucking synopsis I've ever heard. Bill? Yeah. Yahoo! <laughs> Should I go <laughs> see your it? New summary? It's me, a Mario. Oh, <laughs> a little less Mario, a little more Mickey. Was it? Oh, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, that doesn't sound like Mario. If I do like that, like that, like Yahoo! It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> yeah, should I go see it? I'm a plum. Uh, <laughs> I'm a jump it down. A, I'm a jump it down a tube. <laughs> okay. Um. So I gave it a yes. I'm mean, gonna give it a yes, but there's there's some caveats here. The movie works for kids or adults who are for very familiar with the games. Anyone else is shit out of luck. <laughs> you fall well. You fall. You over. I feel like you overlap in both of those categories. You are a kid at heart who loves video games. Sure, exactly. Yeah, this movie. It's funny because this movie is making billions. It, it's on the pre- precipice of making a billion dollars, and it's. Funny because kids' movies always make a good amount of money because you are buying tickets for the kids and the adults who have to bring the kids, so you get double, double, double dipping on the tickets. Then you add in the fact that not only do you have adults, kids, and now 30 and 40 year old men like us that grew up playing fucking Mario and whoever we're dragging to this movie all coming. It's like a four quadrant movie all of a sudden, and it's making all the money. Uh, but yeah, if you are not a kid bringing a kid or you've never you don't really know that much about Mario you're gonna this movie's not for you period um, and you could eye roll your way through it if you're in like a cynical mood for sure um, but I found it to be pretty charming it, it, it sort of won me over um, it's your standard hero's journey there's not much to report in terms of the story um, but they do some really fun things with like the action sequences where they replicate various games sort of through the decades, including Mario Kart. So there's a lot of cool game stuff in there, including like sound effects. There's some laugh out loud stuff like Jack Black as Bowser is just on another level. Like he is the Robin Williams as the genie type uh, part of this movie. Whoa, that's a big I'm not deal. saying it's the same. You I'm saying just, you can't just I'm say saying that. he plays a similar role. Like he is legitimately the funniest part of this movie by far. 
especially because I found for knocks against the movie, the rest of the voices were like mediocre. Like that, that was actually going to be my my first question for you, Bill. So you have Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, uh, Jack Black as Bowser. You got Fred Armisen in there. You got Seth Rogen. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, you have all these people in there. Who was the standout voice actor and who uh, failed to impress, so to speak? Jack Black is like beyond. He's easily the best part of the movie and the best voice talent. I would say Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is pretty good. Like he knows what he's doing as well. Um, Charlie Day as Luigi is pretty good, but he's barely in it. That's more of a, a plot Aww. issue. Um, That's sad. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong is bad, just flat out bad, just distractingly bad. Uh, and then Mario and Princess are, in, are like in the middle, like they just don't really have a lot of personality, which granted they already are the blandest characters in the canon, but you're basing the whole movie around them and they're like kind of stale. So I didn't, didn't love that. And then Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, they augment his voice to be so much higher, you can't even really tell it's him. So, like, what is even the point? Does he do the the normal toad voice like that? Yeah, like <laughs> no. that toad. No, it's Aww, just like a that's very my favorite toad. It's a very high pitched. <laughs> it's just Keegan Michael Key, but like up eight octaves digitally. Like, it's just Whoa. it's just an augmented version of of it. It's so the voice acting overall, honestly, is is mediocre. But Jack Black is the 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 standout for sure. Love that. Uh, AJ, I feel like you should have gotten an audition based on that. That toad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Toad. You can do all the voices. Yeah. I would be. Yeah, we know I can do Mario. How does Luigi sound? Like, hey, I'm a fucking Luigi. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> he sounds similar to Mario. A little more of the accent than Chris Pratt gave. Give um, me the, give me the wrench. But yeah, it's it's interesting. There's, there are lots of Easter eggs in the game. There's lots to look at. The the. Music, though, I will say is another knock against the movie. They use some of the... So the music in a Mario is iconic. Like, certainly different levels have the different music and, like, instantly recognizable to gamers. And they use it in, like, little flourishes that you get excited about, but they don't actually, like, use that as the soundtrack. Like, the main soundtrack is still fucking, like, whatever standard Hans Zimmer-type fanfare that every adventure movie uses forever. And then they every once in a while, they, like quickly do like the, the yeah they do like the melody of one of the things you're like oh great and then it goes away and you're like oh okay and then not only that this movie should not have any licensed music in it but instead this movie has at least like four stupid needle drops where they're like gearing up for mario kart and they play thunderstruck it's like or like take on me by aha is in it it's like what like you have this catalog of mario music that you're barely touching and then you're buying the rights to Thunderstruck. Like, infuriating. It's about the money. At the end of the day, it's short. It's entertaining. There's, it's, there's obviously some groaners mixed in there because it's for kids. But there are, is some laugh out loud stuff as well. I mean, it delivers exactly what it sets out to deliver, which is a Super Mario Brothers movie made by Illumination Studios, who does Despicable Me and Minions and all that. It's in that mold, but it's Mario shit. And I, I enjoyed it overall. Should I wait for it? I'm going to wait for it to come. I'm not going to go to the movie theater to watch it. It's probably going to be in the theaters for a long time, though, right? At the rate that it's going? Yeah. Also, if you do see it in theaters or at home, there is a post credit scene. So be ready for that. Oh, you heard it, you heard it here first, kids. 
Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, Mafia Mama. Yeah, let's. All right. According to IMDb.com, an American mom inherits her grandfather's mafia empire in Italy. Guided by the firm's consigliere, she hilariously defies everyone's expectations as the new head of the family business. Bill, this truly looks like one of the worst movies ever made. It's. I mean, it's bad, AJ. It's bad. It's a no, first of all, for, just to be clear. For those who are like, oh, Mafia Mama, like, uh, paint a picture in my mind. Go on to the Should I Go See It Instagram account and click on Bill's review, and you'll see the key art, the poster for this movie. And Tony Collette, it's A, one of the worst Photoshop jobs that I've ever seen in my entire life. And B, it looks like she just let out the absolute worst fart in the entire world and is doing her best on camera to not uh acknowledge it and that it's an interesting interpretation <laughs> how can you look at her i look she i i will give her credit she does her damnedest to like make this movie work she's a she she's a good actress she's not gonna just yeah she's a professional yeah. so why is she in this fucking shit Oh, because it's a paycheck and it's like a trip to free trip to Italy. Because like the entire movie is them fucking scenic shots in Italy, B roll in Italy. Like it's the whole movie's there, so it's a free trip. It's the Adam Sandler thing, exactly. So, and here's the other thing about this movie. What a fucking loser! It's tough because this movie (laughs) is one of those movies. So some movies are bad, sure. This movie, like you can tell, they thought it was gonna be good. Like they are no. trying, and like you, they're they're putting it all in there. It's just, it's just, it just doesn't work though. It just doesn't. I mean, this is from the the, the director of the first Twilight movies. So like, yeah, it's I so. Mean, I mean, I'll take you through it briefly. Like like you mentioned, it's a suburban mom takes control of her mafia family in Italy that she didn't know she had, and it becomes a fish out of water comedy, right? Um, there's some, there's some like a little bit of a rom-com element in there as well. They sort of, sort of pepper that in. Um, but the crux of the movie, the theme of the movie is about her. It's about empowerment, really specifically women having more agency in their lives. And like, it includes her sticking up for herself against her husband and massages of coworkers and like her finding her own fulfillment without her life revolving around men. So there's like, there's like theming in there and this, you know, her becoming, the the boss lets her, you know, reach that or that fulfillment that she uh, wants. And so, like, there's there's that theme to it. So it's kind of an interesting idea to like. Here's a goofy concept. Here's like the theme of it. But just like when you look at the actual execution of it, it just it doesn't work. The script felt like a rough draft. They also added in lots of cursing and like hyper violence. So it had this. Our rating that I think honestly was there just to try to like sell the joke by adding a curse. You know what I mean? Like they are like, they are just trying to push the envelope and it just feels forced and out of place. And also you should be giving comedies like this an R rating if you don't have to because you're just going to restrict your box office um, sales. So I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. It felt off. Yeah, but it's not like young kids are like, oh, I can't wait to go see that Tony Collette movie. Yeah, but you could get teenage girls to go see it. Eh. 
AJ, something you might be interested in, the way the Italians are presented in this film is a is a borderline hate crime. Really? How bad is it? <laughs> it's bad. Are they it is. throwing manicottis at people and like, you know. Just like right after a shootout eating a cannoli. Like it's. <laughs> no way. It's bad, man. That's kind of funny though. What had more uh, Italian-American stereotypes? Mario or this movie? Ooh, this. I would say this for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's over the top. Thank you on behalf of Italians everywhere for making sure that we don't we don't go see this we don't go see this movie. Uh yeah, I mean I, I sit through them so you don't have to, AJ. That's mm-hmm. this is the life I lead, the life I chose. Uh the last movie we will be talking about today is Renfield. Uh, according to imdb.com, Renfield, Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands, and all of the bloodshed bloodshed that comes with them. Bill, should I go see it? Uh, I gave it a no. Oh. Uh, First of all, let me say that this movie does not exist without Nick Cage playing Dracula. Like, the studio must have only greenlit it once, like, that, the ink dried on that deal. Uh, Which already tells you how flimsy the movie's going to be if it only is going to work because of one particular actor for a particular role. Um, But I digress. Nicholas Holt plays Dracula's sidekick, Renfield, and he's the narrating protagonist, and the opening sort of catches us up on their relationship and his powers. It's kind of clever, though, because they use old Dracula footage from, like, the Bela Lugosi movie, but they put Cage in it. And that was kind of cool. I would have rather just seen that as a movie. Um, And then we get to modern day, and Nicholas Holt is in a codependent support group. And that's, like, the theme of the movie. It's about toxic relationships and codependency and taking control of your own life. But they do it through the lens of Dracula and Renfield, which, high-level concept, is brilliant. Um, so it could have been a very super clever comedy where you get like modern signs of toxic relationships like gaslighting or passive aggressiveness, but within the insane context of Dracula would have been really great. And there's one or two scenes of dialogue just between Nick Cage and Nicole that, that that's what it is. And it's like laugh out loud. It worked hilarious, but Instead of committing to that as that being the movie, they insist on making it an action comedy with like over-the-top violent graphic action scenes, post-production blood splatter everywhere. Uh, They add an entirely unnecessary character to the mix, Aquafina, who I really like her in general, but this is just like a real tough role for her. She's stuck with like the worst writing, the worst exposition, her subplot's unnecessary. And it's just, it's, it ends up being dumb. And I, and like not, and sometimes it's in a winking, nodding, dumb way. And sometimes it's just actually dumb. It's another example as you're talking. It sounds like this could be a really good advertising campaign or like a short film or something that doesn't require a full studio production. Well, and have either of you guys seen what we do in the shadows? It's well, and then I was gonna say it. It, it also sounds like that. Uh, I've seen. I've seen an episode. Very similar premise. You have a human who is like the assistant of the powerful vampire, and like it's just very funny. Uh, no over the top violence. It's just a straight up comedy. Comedy, right? Um, yeah. When you're describing the premise, there, I'm like, uh, hello. This sounds very familiar. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's a good idea. It's just it's just squandered. Um, and again, I think there's a really interesting movie somewhere in buried in here about codependency and toxic relationships, but done through this lens that I think could have been really interesting. And instead, you get like just snippets of it that get you excited, and then it becomes here's an action scene of us of him ripping apart drug dealers because there's this whole subplot about the mafia. It's 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 just like it's it's all over the map, and then you have Aquafina's character, who is a cop, and like her introduction is her talking to her lieutenant, and the lieutenant saying to her, "Hey, when your dad died, I told him I would make sure that you blah blah." Like it's just like the worst, like exposition writing. You're just like, oh my god, we're still doing doing this, and it's the same with the narration at the beginning too, where like he starts out in some sort of a predicament and then literally does the like, but I'm getting too far ahead. Let's go back. And like fucking goes and flashes back. Like, like we're still writing this way in 2023 and it's just like brutal. Um, is Nick Cage in the movie a lot or is it kind of like he's there for a, a good portion of the beginning and then he kind of just goes away? He's in it. I would say like a third of the time. It's like not. It's not like a. It's not like a Silence of the Lambs thing. It's not like a barely. Um, he's he's in it for sure, but he doesn't have nearly as much time as as Nick Holter, Aquafina. Interesting. And he is very good. I mean, he, Nick Cage is fucking Dracula. Like it's great. It's just it, it can't. That alone cannot elevate what we have here. Sucks to suck. All right, Bill. In the last segment of Netflix and Bill, what are we watching? What do you? What do you? Seems like you, I think you're watching a lot more than I am. I got a lot. I got a lot. Uh, Barry, season four, has premiered. First two episodes this past week. How are they? I thought they were good. I, I think it's shaping up to be a really interesting finale. Okay. Love that. It's on the docket. I'm really oh, excited I thought you about got it. around to it. You didn't get around to it yet? No, 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 no. I've just been too busy pu- puking and hungover and shit my brains out from Craig's Bachelor Party. Got it. Okay. Great. Um, I watched American Manhunt, the Boston Marathon bombing. So this is a yes. three-part docu-series on Netflix, and I thought it was very, very good. That was great, matter of fact. Uh, I, I mean, the three of us are from Massachusetts. We watched it live happening. My wife was at the finish line a block away when the whole thing went off. It, it, it's close to home. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing for everybody, but the first 20 minutes is like, it's tough to watch. Yeah, it's really tough to watch. But once you get over that hump and they get into like the command center and how they scoured for um, evidence and how they brought in like not a new expert in social media, but they were like, we realized that social media and found footage was going to really help this. They like bring in the guy from the FBI who's like the head of like basically social media and like found footage evidence. And they talk about like how that worked. And it was like crazy to to kind of see how all of it unfolded and then the different aspects that you might have forgot about or maybe you didn't know altogether. But yeah, they did a really good job of, of putting that whole thing together. I thought it was great. I thought they they talked to all the they talked to everybody that was like super involved, which is really important for something like this. You don't want to have like a missing link there and they got to everybody. Um, I thought that it's really well done. Uh, the first episode is definitely the hardest to watch. I mean I was crying on and off throughout the entire episode, particularly the first 20 minutes, like you said. And my only knock against it 
was starting with episode two, they put up a, a, a note that says some CCTV footage may have been recreated. And once you introduce that element of it, yeah, it started to become like I started watching some of the clips being like, this definitely doesn't look real. And then, but this one, I think this is real CCTV. Like once you introduce that element, like all of a sudden I can't trust half the footage they're showing me that is meant to be CCTV footage. Um, and, and a couple of them don't like are obviously not from that time versus the ones that are. And it's like, I don't know. I, that was the one thing that threw me off. It's like, if you have the footage, use it. If you don't, don't bother, find some other B roll. But the idea of like recreating some of it, um, was was bothersome to me. Well, but how do you feel about like stage dramatic reenactments? Like when the when they show like the brothers doing the stuff and they show like the digital grain on their face and and things like that. Like how do you feel about that? That I didn't mind because it was because it's just that. It's a recreation. It's an obvious recreation. It's 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 a dramatic element. I mean, I don't love it. I'd rather not have it. But I didn't bump on that versus when they are showing in particular the black Mercedes and then the bomber's car driving down the street. You could tell that some of that was they just got two of the same cars and drove down the street and added film grain and they just like kept cutting back to that. But then there would be like actual CCTV footage of them driving around, which is obviously way worse quality and you could tell that that was from the time. It's like, why bother intercutting fake CCTV? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird choice when everything else you have is striving for accuracy. Sure. Okay. Anyway, that was my only knock. That's like my only note. Otherwise, I thought it was fantastic. Yep. What else you got? Also, I watched I watched the first episode of Waco: The Aftermath. Okay. We talked about last time the the follow up series from the the dramatization uh, of the Waco event. So this is the follow up to that, which is going to link the Waco event to the Oklahoma City bombing. They introduced Timothy McVeigh at the very end of the episode. It's okay. I don't know. It's it's. It's like only a few episodes. I'll probably finish it, but like it's not. Don't worry about it, basically. Thanks, Bill. And then finally, I watched going back to the uh, Kevin Smith, actually, going back to him. Kevin Smith's podcast, um, Fat Man Beyond, he co hosts with Mark Bernardin, um, who's a writer. And Mark Bernardin directed his first, you know, his directorial debut. He did a short film that was on Kickstarter. And so I, I threw some money out on Kickstarter, which means I got, once it now is done, he gave the link, a private link out to Vimeo to watch it um, now that it's done. So it's about 20 minutes. It's a short um, called Splinter. And it's like a Twilight Zone episode, essentially. And it's okay. It's pretty good. The directing's pretty good. Uh, and allegedly he is going to work on making, adapting it into a potential feature length at some point. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, good. Good for good for you, Mark. Uh, and what are you watching, AJ? So I watched American Manhunt. Um, I had Barry queued up. And then the only other thing that I have queued up, uh, or what I will be watching... Oh, so Succession continues to be the best show on TV. Yep. Uh, yep. Oh, there, we could talk about that for hours. The last two episodes, um, Connor's Wedding, we thought was might be the top three episode of all time. I actually thought last week's episode, the Aftermath episode, was better than Connor's wedding. I, I actually could see that, yeah. I mean, the writing and the acting were 12 out of 10 masterful masterpieces to teach NYU kids how to write like that. Uh, it was amazing. Okay, um, the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is on Amazon streaming now. If you've never watched that show, Bill, 
You haven't watched it. I have it. not. Can you just do me a solid and just start it? It's so fucking good. Oh, yeah, that's a big commitment there. She's five seasons. The production, the setting, the costumes, everything about that show just is so good. And I, I want you to be a part of the magic. I'll look into it, AJ. And she might be my new celebrity really? crush. Yeah, Rachel Brosnahan, I think her name is. Look, AJ, I will consider it when you watch Michael Mann's Seminole Classic Heat. I told you, oh, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to put a nail gun in my forehead. Look, uh, hey, I'm asking, I'm only asking for three hours. You're asking for five seasons. Like The Marvelous, Miss, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is better than Michael Mann's Seminole Classic Heat. You have no authority on which to say that. Go fuck yourself. All right. And the only <laughs> uh, what we're going to watch soon, uh, Bruins and Celtics are in the playoffs. Uh, let's fucking go. And then you're going to be watching probably what? Gardens of the Galaxy and something else? Guardians, I got my ticket for. And the new Ari Aster movie, the oh, gentleman yeah. who did Hereditary and Midsummer and all these great things. He's got a new movie out with Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin. called Bo is Afraid. I don't know anything about it. I'm not reading any full reviews or anything. I'm trying to go in fresh uh, when I see it. But all I've, I've unfortunately like just seen headlines because you can't help but avoid it. And there are headlines that say like weird. There's the, like the number one word that comes out about this movie is that it's a weird movie. And so yeah, of course it's I am excited for that because I like weird movies. Yahoo! <laughs> and off we go. Uh, thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to tell your friends to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. It's a me, a Bill. <laughs> <laughs>